In this episode, you're gonna discover how to have the most amazing life in 2024. You're gonna discover how to have the most amazing life in this coming year, and why the new year has such a powerful, inspiring energy that you can ride the wave on. You're gonna learn one of the most important secrets to really take advantage of your life that hardly anyone talks about. You're gonna learn why many people fail and how you can actually make sure that you do the things that you wanna do in the new year. You're gonna learn a new way of creating visions that a lot of people don't talk about. A lot of people talk about vision boards and vision movies, but there's some secret that a lot of people ignore. You're gonna discover the secret to creating a real vision board that actually leads you to where you wanna be and not fall into the trap that holds so many people back. There's something that a lot of people do in their vision board that makes it useless. And you're gonna learn what that is. You're also gonna discover how to ensure that you do the things that you wanna do so that you don't give up partway through the year. You're also gonna learn how to experience transformation in an instant and how to do meditation even while you are walking and moving around. And you're gonna discover why a wisdom practice is so essential to expand your consciousness and transform you from the inside out as you go into this amazing new year. All right, let's dive into this. Most love and blessings. Thank you, Shireen, for being here, for your lovely presence. Thank you, Michael. Always a pleasure. Here we are once again. And let's start with a simultaneous breath. So just take a moment now to breathe in. And let it out, gently relaxing your whole being. And again. And letting it go. And this time as you breathe in, just remember that you are a beautiful, shining spiritual being. That we are guests here on this magical planet for a short time. And today we're talking about how to make this the best, most wonderful, magical, spiritually inspiring year of your life. Isn't that wonderful? So, yes, so we have a lot of wonderful tips and tools that are going to help you become the highest version of yourself in this coming year. And the first thing, Shireen, what was the first thing? that I remember thinking this was a bit of an odd thing. In order to live our life, what do we have to do first? We have to um, pretend our death. And what? Not exactly pretend. <laughs> Not exactly pretend. I don't want you to like wipe your social media accounts and go into hiding or anything like that. Dig, dig a grave in the back garden. Uh, <laughs> right. No, no, no. Um, what I meant was that we um, kind of visualize our death. Mm-hmm. And I used to do this really fun thing. Um, I mean, used to even till last year I did it with my friends here is we used to all sit down and someone used to do a commentary, meditation commentary, and we used to all visualize ourselves dying. 
So you first just see yourself leaving the body, see yourself saying goodbye to everything, seeing yourself like to all the possessions, then to all the relationships, and then everything that comes with relationships, everything you're saying goodbye, and you're saying goodbye to the body, and you're leaving the body. And it's a joyous occasion, right? I mean, don't think of it as too weird or anything. It's really a joyous occasion because you're alive. So it's there's nothing going on there that you would need to worry about. And so um, just do that and you realize that you realize so many things in that little exercise mm. where you are visualizing your death. You So many things you realize. You realize all of the attachments you have. Um, you realize which relationships are important and which are not. And you realize also, another thing I noticed, that you realize which relationships are not serving you. Mm. And, um, and also you realize the importance of your life. You really have gratitude for life afterwards. And you realize how, how important your life is and how important it is to really take every moment to upgrade your life. And the new year is the perfect time to upgrade your life. Why is that then? Why is the new year the best time? Because there is a collective energy, right? We have a collective energy going. Um, I was thinking that recently, you know, about two billion souls on the planet celebrate Christmas. About a billion souls on the planet celebrate Diwali, mm. right? Guess how many souls celebrate New Year's? Pretty About much everyone. About six or seven billion souls. There are a few people who don't go by the Christian calendar, but six or seven billion souls celebrate New Year. And so the collective energy of everyone, the collective newness and the collective enthusiasm of everyone really helps um, helps us, right? Like it acts like a springboard for us to keep going forward. It really has a different vibe. I, I always find at the beginning of the year or the end of the old year, there's like this this powerful energy to do something different. And I find it's interesting that we have the potential to unlock a new part of us, a new opportunity, a new way of doing things. And obviously that was inside of us anyway, but somehow in the new year it kind of opens up this big window where things are possible that, right. that really they were possible anyway, but for some reason we were denying ourselves that opportunity until that window opens. But it kind of like a gives a boost. It's like an extra a doubling of the power or something happens during the new year. So yes, absolutely. why not take advantage of it? It's actually seven billioning the power. That's right. That's because what it is. Because seven billion souls are just thinking yeah. of newness. They're thinking of new things. That goes to show, doesn't it, the power of the mind? Because you've got all these people imagining something new and different. And there's a wave, you know, and I suppose that's the same thing with people think fearful thoughts, then everyone gets really afraid. Or if people feel inspired then the energy goes up so to take full advantage of that magical I moment i was you know growing up i was never really into new years um but then suddenly after i started doing my spiritual practice it just felt very important because in our lessons 
we hear the importance of newness and the importance of the new year. And mm-hmm. then when I started listening to those, then I thought, hmm, why am I not tapping into this amazing opportunity? I need to tap into this amazing opportunity. And yeah. it really made a difference, right? It really made a difference. I love it. I, th- I actually think January the 1st might be my favorite day of the year, you know, because it has that sparkling energy about it. If we're willing to, to take advantage of it. I remember the last, I had a spiritual awakening when I was 18 and I gave myself, that was just before the new year. And I said, okay, I'm going to have one more, <laughs> one more New Year's Eve and then I'm going to give everything up, right? And I remember I went out and I went to some party late at night and everyone was, I, I vividly remember this, people counting in the new year, you know, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, right? 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. And then the champagne bottles all popped and everyone celebrated. <laughs> and then, and I, I remember this vividly, and then about a minute later or t- two or three minutes later, there was this major down, actually, because no one had like figured out a plan for the new year. Do you know what I mean? There wasn't like, right, there right. wasn't a way of, of actually doing something with it. It was just like, yay, it's the new year. And now it isn't anymore. It was like that. It was like an up and then a down. Whereas what we're talking about is actually using the energy, riding the energy, coming up with a plan, coming up with things that you can practically do, and then sustaining that going forward into the rest of the year. So what do we need to do, Shireen, in order to you know, actually make this happen in a, in a genuine way and not just have it being like, yay, January 1st, and then, oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. The first one is definitely to have a vision, right? Because you were saying that the reason why people felt that downer energy was because they didn't have a vision, they didn't have a plan. So the first thing is you need to have a new vision for yourself. And this new vision, you know, having a vision for yourself is not only important, But also there are elements to the vision. You need to have a vision that is not dictated by other people. It has to be independent. It can't be, the new vision cannot be a reaction to people, right? The new vision should be a spiritual vision for yourself. It can't be, oh, I don't want someone in my life or I want someone in my life or um, it shouldn't be I don't want to do something. It should be something you really want to do spiritually. For example, let's say you want to be kinder. So you have to have this vision of yourself. See yourself, you know, what would kindness look like? Think of small or little acts of kindness that would make a difference in your Mm -hmm. life. It's not kindness, like even though we are sharing it with someone else, it's actually for ourselves. And so um, how would it look like? How would my smile look like if I'm looking at people? Um, You know, how would my mind look like? You know, what would I be thinking? All of those things. So that vision, there should be details of the vision without including people it shouldn't be not not something mm-hmm. it should be s- s- some generative thing you're going towards that's right a- an inspiring vision that comes from your heart that is a meaningful right. heart and soul a lot of you know because i've spent many years um helping people with their life in different ways with my work a- separate from my spiritual work and we've all often told people to create vision boards, right? And what <laughs> what I f- have found is that a lot of people create a vision board, right? And I've seen a lot of these vision boards because people pho- photograph them and send them to me. 
And what I noticed after a while is that a lot of people have got, got through, gone through magazines, right? And they've ripped mm-hmm. things out and they've stuck it on a vision board. And, and then you look at all these different vision boards and you realize that they're all pretty much the same thing, right? And because where is it coming from? The source material for the vision is coming from outside, isn't it? Yes. Right? So yes. it's just like we absorb all these things. We see all this stuff on social media or on, you know, on, in magazines or whatever it is. So everyone's ending up with something that looks pretty much the same thing. And none of it came from within, right? It's just really funny. Right. So we have to think, what do so I, even you if know, it, Even if you cannot draw, then maybe we should just, encourage people to do stick figures stick right? figures or pictures st- or stick figures everyone can draw stick figures yeah and so maybe we should just encourage people to do stick figures and do a vision board because it is not about that the picture looks pretty but it's what is inside you right for yourself this is your attitude and vision for yourself because vision is not just what you're seeing this is like a spiritual vision where you're really seeing yourself differently the attitude with which you're seeing yourself the vision with which you're seeing yourself the love and the feelings it it includes all of those that's right it's it's an internal thing so when you close your eyes everyone can visualize some people think they can't but really everyone can visualize or at least feel it so we close our eyes and we imagine, what am I seeing? What am I feeling? And we're seeing ourselves in an upgraded way. In what way have I changed? And you can imagine yourself walking through life, being different, feeling different, speaking differently, having a different presence. And all of those things, the more vivid that image and that movie, it's like watching a movie inside of us, right. seeing it clearly, feeling it. And so if you want to draw a picture of it, that's fine. But really the most important thing is to take time to go within, close your eyes and experience that as if it's actually happening here. One of the teachings that we have is to see the vision of yourself in the future like it's a hanger, like like clothes hanging on a hanger in front of you. That's so close, it's like it's right here. And that that's the that's like the ultimate visioning practice is it's really here so it's it's not some future thing some vague fuzzy thing it's it's real and it's right there and you can feel it that is the ultimate vision another important thing about vision is this is a spiritual vision right and in the spiritual vision um at the risk of being made some weird statements from Michael. I have to say this, in a spiritual vision, you have to envision yourself alone. Even though you're part of a loving couple and a loving family, wonderful. I'm not saying anything about that. All I'm saying is in a spiritual vision, see yourself. Because many times when we see ourselves as a couple or when we see ourselves as part of a family we're not really seeing ourselves you know like in the avatar movie see see you're like Mm -hmm. you're seeing yourself and so you really need to see yourself and you need to see a higher vision of yourself first do that right first see yourself and see a higher vision for yourself then you can include your partner or your family or you can include all of that but first there has to be an individual vision right yeah so you're not you're not having a vision of the external things in your life first and foremost it's more how how do you feel 
how do you deal with life? How, how do you live? How do you perceive everything? How do you smile? <laughs> what is your feeling state? More than, oh, look at my new Lamborghini that I have and look how nice all my people are in my life. That's right. A, oh, another thing, right? Vision shouldn't be, oh, I want a new relationship. Or I want... Um, I, because that's not spiritual. I'm not saying you shouldn't want a relationship. All I'm saying is it should be a spiritual vision. If because you wanna, this is about... It's what we become. The, the, thing, the thing I find helpful is that what all the things we do, ultimately the benefit of all those things is what we become at the end of it, you know. So even even if there are things you want to achieve in your life, by doing that, what have you become? Right. And so after after you really see yourself, right, this seeing yourself is so important because many times we tend to um, not see ourselves. And because we are not seeing ourselves, the soul needs to see itself, right? It's a need. It's not something nice to have. And because we are not seeing ourselves, then we look for external validation. But when you start, and I'm external validation in itself is not bad, but when you go from a place of desperation looking for external validation, then you tend to make a lot of mistakes, and so, um, and many people have made very foolish mistakes because they are require they want some external validation, right? So you really need to see see yourself, because that is a need of the soul to really see the self. It doesn't matter how much someone else is seeing you, if you are not seeing yourself, then. Um, the need is not fulfilled, like the thirst is not fulfilled. And so just see yourself. And then after seeing yourself from that place of seeing yourself properly, then you come into relationships. That's beautiful. And in order to do this, one of the most important things is to get a journal of some sort where you write down what this future self actually feels like, looks like, sounds like. To, to write it down again and again and again. I, I find this really, really powerful just to get a journal and every day, every morning, write down, this is my vision for myself. Because we forget otherwise. I mean, otherwise people, oh, I, I know what it is on the new year and I know what it is on the 2nd of, you know, 2nd of January, 3rd of January, and then everyone forgets. So if you rewrite it, just get a pen and paper. I have a journal called the Miracle Journal, which we can put a link to, which which is basically a very refined way of doing this that brings everything together so that you really remember these things very deeply and connect it to your life but the vision isn't something we just do once a year and then forget about it it's something we can remember again and again and again and again so that it's right there close to our heart the miracle journal funnily enough it took me two years to create two years even though it's only actually four pages long again and again, like every day you do these four pages, but it took me four years to refine it down to those four things. And um, it's extremely powerful. So if you want to manifest a higher version of yourself, check it out. And it also, hey. also has um, some audios that go with it to explain how it works. Um, we haven't got time to go into that right now, but 
Definitely worth checking it out. Many people have found it very powerful, including myself. So vision is one of the most important things. Dying is very, very important. Um, let's just return to that briefly, shall we? So mm-hmm. you recommend someone actually like lies down and imagines their, that that's the end of their life? Before the yes, meeting. yes, yes, and it can be fun, right? We just have like few of my friends get together. We just think it's a fun thing and just do it. And you know, one does one person does the commentary, and then everyone does it, and then right. we are done. And it's a really fun thing, and it's it's a fun thing, and you learn so much about yourself, so much about yourself. Like there's very subtle things you learn about yourself. And I feel to really live properly, you need to die properly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, need to, you need to see yourself dying, right? Because people think it's never ending. People think life is never ending. This body is never ending. Relationships are never ending. No, everything has a lifespan. Everything has a lifespan. And when you see yourself dying, then you really understand the importance of just seizing this moment. And not thinking everything is just going to go on forever. It's such a relief, yeah. You think, okay, I've let you go beyond, then come back. This is why we have a Spiritual Travelers website. And that concept of Spiritual Traveler is kind of like you die and you go into the light and then you come back. And it's it's fun to return, you know, from being away, like, right. like going on vacation. Like you almost return like an avatar. Yeah, you become an avatar. You know, you come come back and you go, all right, here we are. And otherwise we're stuck in this thing going, oh God, I've got all these things mm. I have to do. Oh, my long list of to-dos. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. But when we leave, we have relief. And then we come back and it's all fresh. And I, I mean, I've had many clients from my work who have had cancer and things like that and overcome it. And they said that that diagnosis that you've got six months to live or whatever they're told by the doctor completely changed their life because they said what am I doing with my life you know and they thought what do I want to do and the whole thing changed so so this is a very powerful practice do you have a meditation on this Shireen dying <laughs> no I don't have we a meditation might have I mean I did a whole bunch of meditations on it but I don't have a recorded meditation on it we're going to have to create one at some point and um, if we have one by the time this is published we'll post it and if not stay tuned because it's we will. very simple right, yeah. All right just what? lay down and see yourself as light the animating force of the body and then just see yourself leaving the body and you first saying goodbye, looking looking around and saying goodbye to all your possessions, your favorite possessions. <laughs> then you visualize all your relationships and saying goodbye to them. So that's the second step. And then you see the body and you say goodbye to the body and you go off into the light. And you stay there as much as you can. And then when you come back down, that is when you feel the magic. And welcome back. So it's back. quite simple. It's very simple. Yeah. Don't make it too out there, right? Just make it very grounded and very simple. It's supposed to be a grounded practice. It's not supposed to be a practice for leaving the body or having out-of-body experiences or any of that stuff. It's just a very grounded practice to see very practically what's happening in our lives and to have some deep realization about our life. Well, 
let's practice, practice, and enjoy, enjoy. I mean, I think the more, the more, the merrier. Really, we can do this every day, not just at the end of the year, because uh, it's a very huge. It's a massive relief, isn't it, to go beyond and come back. Practicing being dead and seeing the what life is all about, having a very clear vision of what you want to become, who you want to be, what you want to express, and reminding yourself of it again and again and again. What's the next thing to have a magical year? One of the things that in- should include in your vision is that you would in- improve your meditation or you would include a meditative practice in your life. And it's not only that you would include a meditative practice in your life, but it's not like, oh, I'll start New, New Year's Day. No, that, that meditative practice, whatever that is you're going to do, be doing, will have to start now. That there has to be a micro-meditation right now. Whatever we decide to do, that there has to be something done right this moment. You know, I always feel change. Change only happens in the moment. Transformation doesn't happen five years from now. Transformation doesn't happen if I think, oh, I'll do it two years from now or two days from now or evening meditation or next morning meditation. None of that stuff, right? Transformation only happens right now. And so I have to learn to seize the moment and first include a meditation practice and then do a micro meditation right now. I love the way you started with the simultaneous breath. And so we can do the simultaneous breath. We can do one right now. And also we could include being a spiritual being in that. Great, let's do it. Take a deep breath in. And a deep breath out. Again, a deep breath in, hold that breath, and a deep breath out. And while you are breathing in and out, Remember that you are a pure, peaceful soul. Again, breathe in with me. Hold that breath. Breathe out and come into the awareness of being a pure, peaceful soul. So if you already have a meditation practice, then my suggestion is that you increase it. You can always have more meditation, really. But another suggestion is not only that you can have more meditation, but that you would bring whatever practice you're doing, your meditation practice, into daily life. While you are doing other things, you're meditating. And that's what we teach in Raj Yoga, in Brahma Kumari's Raj Yoga, is how can I meditate while doing other things? While doing karma, how can I meditate? And so that's very important because any meditation practice for it to become powerful, right? Even though you need to spend time, you need to sit in the morning, you need to sit in the evening, you need to do all of those things, you 
also need to learn to bring it into your into your daily life. So meditation in, in daily life. Because what's the point of meditation? It's not just to feel good temporarily. It's to change our consciousness, isn't it? It's to experience yes. an altered state, a higher state of being, while we are getting on with various things that we do. Right. So I like this idea of micro-meditation because it seems that what typically happens when we think about doing what doing things that are good for us, especially meditation, is we think, oh... Ah, I haven't really got time for that because I'm busy, right? But and and then we think, well, you know, I haven't got some some people's meditation, you know, is like the candle has to be just right, the incense has to be just right, the pillow. Hang on a minute, my pillow is not, and you know, I haven't got. So if our meditation requires all the all these different music and all these things, then we can't do it unless everything's set up, or if we're outside, we can't do it. But a micro meditation is something that we can do very quickly that can be done now and doesn't require us having all these different props. Yes, yes. Because, you know, I always am very surprised by um, our capacity in the U.S. to make a commodity out of everything. When I was growing up in <laughs> That's India... That's funny, isn't it? Yeah, America <laughs> turns was, everything into a product. It becomes... Into a product, yeah. right? So when I was growing up in India, we went to yoga. You know, the yogasnas. Right. We went to do yoga. As I mean, under extreme duress, I went because my mom forced me to go. <laughs> but we all went as a family to you? do yoga. Um teens early teens early teens mid-teens like that anyway so for a few years we went and um and it was very at that time yoga in the west was not a thing mm-hmm. and uh it, no one was now it's like oh you have to have the right pants and it has to be two hundred dollar yoga pants and i'm thinking what yoga pants where, where did they come from like in india they definitely didn't come from india yoga pants not at <laughs> definitely all. didn't the 200 dollar yoga pants didn't come from india um you know their mat has to be right and you know the body has to be right and recently someone was came to the center and they were saying that they don't want to go to yoga anymore because everyone has these perfect bodies and she feels very self-conscious. It, it's more of a, um, you know, like a, a um, special exercise to look a certain way nowadays. I'm, I'm not, not for everybody, but that has turned into something that, that is, the people in India, I've been to Rishikesh where, where yoga was taught a long, long, long time ago. I went to the, uh, the original yoga school in Rishikesh, which wasn't on the main river on the Ganges and uh, it's 200 years old with a massive mango tree in the middle. And I learned the original yoga that they taught there years and years ago. And it's nothing to do with the yoga today. Isn't that interesting? Like it's, everything's turned yeah. into something else. Um, Total product, right? Yeah. Total product. So, and I'm noticing that's happening with meditation too. That it's like it's becoming a commodity. It's becoming a product, right? Like the right meditation commentary, the right um, um, incense stick, the right pillow, the right room, the right candle, the right whatever you know, the right stones. Sage. <laughs> I mean, the thing. I mean, right. I have all these things myself. Like I have the candle. I've got the. I've got really, the yoga cushion right here. Stuff. You know, but I don't. I don't like. I can. I can handle doing it without any of that stuff, but you know how it is. 
It's it right. has definitely turned right. into a commodity in America. It has done and so I feel the whole point of meditation. The whole point of meditation is transformation. And the mm. whole point of meditation is at the right time that transformation needs to happen. For example, I'm driving on the on the road, I'm driving somewhere and someone cuts me off and I'm really upset that this person cut me off. That is when I need meditation, not when I can sit in a nice room in the nice pillow and a nice candle. That's not when I need it. You just have to I cut them off and again and drive back <laughs> quickly so you can go back to your cushion, you know. Right. So at that point, I need deep transformation. I need transformation where that cutting off doesn't bother me, where I just give them good wishes and pure feelings. I'm not upset that they did that. That is the time I need it. And that is why we encourage people to meditate while in action, that whatever meditation practice you pick up should be able to do, you should be able to do it in while in action, right? I just feel that's a prerequisite. I didn't know this when I was learning meditation. But for me, I'm not saying that it should be for you. For me, that's a prerequisite. When I'm really upset, that's when I need it. And if a practice is not helping me when I'm really upset, then what am I, what is it doing? Yeah, it's not not very effective if it doesn't work in, yeah. in a real situation. If I have to serve it, right? Like if I have to get the right pillow and the right incense stick and the right commentary, I'm serving it. It's not serving me. Yeah, if it doesn't work when you need it, then is it really that helpful in when it comes down to it? I mean, of course, we do sit for meditation. It's not that we only do it walking around, but... But if it doesn't, if we can't maintain a shift in consciousness during our day, then has it really changed us very much? That's the big question, isn't it? Right. So, you know, what I've noticed is sitting in meditation, that you need to uh, sit definitely in the morning, in the evening. In addition to that, then your awareness and consciousness during the day changes. So if you're not s sitting for a period of time and really meditating, then you can't really bring it into your daily life, into your actions, right? So it's not that you can just say, oh, I'm just doing it in action. You first have to be able to sit down and do it, and then you can bring it into action. Yeah, good point. Yeah, build it up in the morning, and then it gets, spills over into the rest of our day. And I like what you said, tr transformation happens in an instant. I find this such a deep thing, we could do a whole session just on this, that, you know, we want to change our life in some way. And when we decide to change, it happens like that, doesn't it? In a second, everything changes. And right. it doesn't happen gradually. It happens all of a sudden. Something happens. And we say, okay, that's it. I've had enough. And something changes in the moment. And we might have to change it again and again, but it happens all of a sudden. So right. we can do meditation in an instant. I remember um, when I was living in India for five months, I was in Bombay and I, w I was walking back from the meditation center. And uh, I remember, I very vividly remember this. I was walking down this road and there was like kids playing cricket. And I, and I, I th thought to myself, why don't I, just give myself like a meditation commentary while I'm walking down the road. Because I, I do this when I'm sitting down. 
So I was just walking around and I thought, all I'm doing is taking my usual meditation practice, my change of thoughts, and bringing it into my day whilst I was doing something else. And I felt so, I felt this huge sense of like lightness and relief and bliss come over me. And I thought, this is actually really what it comes down to, is just having that, <laughs> having those sorts of thoughts and that awareness whilst doing other things. I and mean, that's all it is really, isn't it? Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And see these micro practice that I was saying, not mm-hmm. only you pick up a meditation practice, not only you make sure you're doing it during the day, but you have a micro practice. It's not like you postpone it. You do it right now, right now, right now. There should be a practice. Every time you think I need to do meditation, you'd sit down and do a micro practice, even for a few seconds. Just become aware of yourself as light, as a soul animating this body. That is meditation. And that just takes a few seconds. Accountability practice. Why yes. can't we just uh, do everything on our own? Surely, you know, we'll, if we want to do something, we'll just get it done. I wish it was that simple, right? So if do I. Do it, Wouldn't that be, that'd be great? Oh, I'm going <laughs> to do this that be thing. Great? Well, the thing is, we can we can for a short time. Like I might say to myself today, you know what? I've had enough. I'm going to the next level. I'm going to do this thing. And today is great. Tomorrow is great. And then one day something happens, and I just don't want to do something. And no one else knows about it except for me. And it can just fall off, and that can be the end of it. So accountability is putting some other person, yeah, someone else, it's not just us, is it? You know, another thing is, it's not just even accountability to another person. Um, but also there has to be, like, monetary consequences. <laughs> like, you have to have accountability for yourself. And, um, you know, just have monetary consequences we're not doing it that's why weight watchers work so well they have to right? pay if they every don't. time you do you you pay exactly it's not that i ever did it pay for I've the muffins people. they have to pay for muffins <laughs> is that how it works muffins and cakes and stuff they've got to put money in is that how no it works? they have to pay each time they don't lose weight oh i see yeah i mean it, it definitely works i actually have a bunch of checks in the drawer right over there that if I don't do something, I have to put them in the post just to somewhere that I don't want to send them to. That's one way of doing it. Yeah, that is one way of doing it. Um, But to to really have consequences, to be accountable. And one of the things I feel accountability works, partners work so well. I've had many (laughs) in my time. one of the things accountability partners work so well is because you realize that saying it aloud, right? You're saying it aloud to someone else. And then you realize that if you don't do it, that you have to go back and say, oh, I didn't do it, right? Just saying it aloud. And also just the thought of telling someone, no, I didn't do it really motivates you to do it. It's true, it's true. And, and it's, also someone who's on the same page, right? right? If they're doing it, you're doing it, then it's almost like there's a race. It's not like a competitive race, but there's a race. Yeah. To, you know, just to help each other and to make sure it happens. And we, we don't want to say, oh, what did you do this week? Well, I didn't do anything because that's that's a bit lame. Why did we even try it? So when, when you write it down, I mean, just in case anyone's wondering, how do you set this up? Is You get someone who's similar to you, who wants to do something similar. You write down what you're going to do, your whatever practices you're going to do. 
and then uh, you share either every day how you did or or you can share every day and then every week you say how did we go overall like what did you do did you do the thing you said you're going to do did you not do it and just the fact that somebody else you're saying it to somebody else the chances of you doing it just significantly increase because otherwise all it takes is is one bad thing to happen in our life and everything just gets taken out i mean i've been working with people for years as a coach and i've heard from many people that they have a bad day and they stop doing something and then the next day they don't do it and the next day they don't do it and if they haven't got a coach or something someone to help them it can spiral out of control and then it will be 6 months and then before they get back on the on the wagon i know right it's six amazing months. how you can waste time one bad day and it takes 6 months to get back so that's why accountability even if you do have a bad day or a bad week you're going to get back in the game pretty quickly so if you want to have the best year ever this year get a coach or accountability partner or somebody who can support you in doing what you need to do the last step i believe the last step is a wisdom practice what do you mean by a wisdom practice that's a good one you know i feel that to supplement your meditation practice people are really only focused on meditation but there is another aspect of the soul that is very thirsty and that aspect of the soul is the intellect or the reasoning and the wisdom aspect of the soul right is very thirsty it's very thirsty for the truth and so um when we pick up a wisdom practice that thirst quenches so let's say if i'm really thirsty and someone serves me a seven course meal it's not going to satisfy me it's not going to satisfy me so you need to have something else along with the meditation practice so you could say the meditation practice is a thirst or it's like having a meal and then there's a wisdom practice which is like being thirsty so you need both you need a meditation practice and a wisdom practice to be able to really um fully like fully integrate the soul into a transformation into a higher level of consciousness and this wisdom practice is so important to pick any wisdom right i mean of course you can pick the brahma kumari's wisdom which we have a wisdom uh, practice every day um but pick the bhagavad gita pick the bible pick something and read it right pick any book like current book that you feel is it is full of wisdom read it and just reflect on it because that reading and reflecting on it really helps quench something in the soul that cannot be quenched just with meditation mm. yeah we need guidance spiritual guidance daily to orient ourselves in our life to a meta narrative a bigger bigger perspective of life otherwise we're stuck just with our same thoughts again and again when we read these inspiring things we learn things about life and perspectives about life that we wouldn't be thinking otherwise and then we can churn on those things and then that can change our our perspective and what we do and how we relate to everything and so it's expanding so we want to find some sort of practice that allows you to expand your sense of awareness and what you think life is about to a bigger awareness in raja yoga meditation 
we get told a few things again and again and again every day and they are things like you're a spiritual being you've come down here onto this planet from a world of light and you can connect with god the source and receive love and power and bliss and what is karma and what is the world and all these bigger things of life which are extremely useful to be reminded of again and again and again and again. And even though I personally and Shireen also have been studying these things for a long time, it seems fresh again and again and again. It's so it's really, really helpful. I mean, you've been hearing some of the same things for 30 years. What what do you feel about that after 30 years? I can't live without it. <laughs> it feels like food, right? right. It feels like food and water in mm. the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's almost like if you don't, if you like, it's, it feels like the main meal of the day. If you like miss a meal, right? If you miss your main meal of the day, how are you going to feel? That's how I would feel. Yeah. And so it, it's, and it is food for the soul. It is food for the soul because the soul really thrives. This, and some kind of purification also happens in the soul because of that food. And so pick carefully, but don't think too much. Don't think, oh, I'll wait for a year and see which ones I'm going to connect with. Just start doing something, and then you can start exploring after that. But just start doing something. Yeah, and you know something that inspires you, that, that gives you guidance, that is actually helpful, it makes your life better. So you've got your vision of what you want for yourself you've got your wisdom practice learning something inspiring every day you've got meditation practice in the morning you've got micro meditation accountability partner and you also practice dying and coming back that is a wonderful wonderful recipe for a amazing year isn't it I'm very excited. It is. I'm excited. It's going to be a best, best, best. I'm really, it feels like such a good vibration for this year ahead, you know. And whatever doesn't serve you, it's all being taken away. Whether we get rid of it ourselves, whether life comes and rips it away from us, the, the things that don't work for us are getting wiped out. That's just another thing to be aware of. That uh, yeah, that is another topic we need to talk we'll, about, right? We'll have to get into Not that later. Not be afraid. Yeah. Don't be afraid of whatever is leaving. Let it leave. Things that are not aligned, we can either accept that that's truth, you know, that it's not working for us, and let it go, or it's gonna be gonna be taken through strange and wondrous ways. So we might as well just accept what we're dealing with and and move forward. But we will get into that another time. <laughs> that is a big topic. So, Shireen, what's going to happen if someone applies this, if they actually do this the whole year, what can they expect to happen? Um, So much benefit. You'll feel different about yourself. You will feel a sense of achievement. You'll feel a sense of purpose. That in itself is a big thing, right? Feeling a sense of purpose, a Mm. sense of achievement, feeling good about yourself. That's a really big benefit. Feeling good about yourself. Mm. You feel like your life is worth something instead of just hamster on the wheel, the same thing. And so, so many things like that. Like I'm not even talking about like the peace and the happiness and the joy, not even just these, right? Just like these meta things, like a sense of purpose, sense of achievement, 
a sense of um, wonder of the life, a deep self-transformation, all of these things will start happening. You know, we think these external things will change our life, but really it's the feelings, because a lot of the time we get the things we want and, and we realize it doesn't make any difference. But the feelings we have during our day as we go about our life is actually what matters most because that's living in the moment so you will feel that your present <laughs> reality your present experience of life is blessed and Absolutely. and no doubt wonderful magical things will happen externally as well because that is just a natural consequence a byproduct of being in a higher state of being so that that will be like the surprises that come up along the way the pleasant surprises Ah, yes. Well, we have a blessing. A blessing. A blessing, yes. We have a blessing for everyone. Mm. Okay, today's blessing is happiness. And so, when this is really God's blessing for you, so when you listen to a blessing, I want you to feel that God is giving it to you. And when God gives you something, there are no conditions, not that you have to give something back. So, just embrace it. Embrace it as something that is you deep inside and that is the real you and that God's magic is making it come up. So this is happiness. Your blessing for the year 2024 is happiness. You found that the secret to joy is to fill each moment with meaning and love. This happiness, a powerful nourishment, has made the difficult seem easy and the heavy feel light. You share the joy generously through life's ups and downs. You share this joy generously through life's ups and downs. Ah, so just absorb that into your whole body and your soul, your mind, your heart. And if you haven't already, we have a free course, Ancient Spiritual Secrets, which you're welcome to join for free. It's just a blessing for you. It's a very deep spiritual knowledge that we have had the great pleasure to receive free of charge and it's completely changed our life. And we, so we're, of course, paying it forward and wanting to make sure you get it. And you can get that in the links below. Well, Shireen, thank you so much for your wisdom. So it's going to be a magical, beautiful year.